Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, timeless wisdom to enrich every day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, October 31st. If your emotions become upset, drink the antidote to every emotional poison, kindness. Be like Jesus, who calmed a storm by commanding the waves, peace, be still. Disturbed emotions can affect the whole body, the digestion, the nervous system, the heart rate, the breath, even one's mental clarity. Is it really worth all that trouble over things you probably couldn't change if you tried to? This is, very, um, this is a common theme through this book. The whole book is called, of course, Living Wisely, Living Well. So Swamiji spends a lot of time on, on several different themes that come out here, and one of them is the disturbing quality of negative emotions. And when you think about living wisely, living well, timeless wisdom, I believe it's called, to enrich every day, if you just think about everyday life, we're not talking about, I mean, I talk a lot about God-realization is the end of all of this, but we're not talking about God-realization, we're not teaching you meditation, we're not, you know, sort of talking about transcendental things at all. This is a real grounded, I wake up in the morning, what is the quality of my day? What is the quality of my work? How am I able to get along or not get along with the people in my life? What's the quality of my relationships? And then we ask ourselves, what's interfering with um, the ideal in all of those areas of my life? And if we're honest, we'll have to say, disturbing emotions. It's, it's always disturbing emotions. If, if one is even-minded and cheerful, which is the yogic basic advice for life, if you're even-minded and cheerful, just think about what that means, even-minded. That, means, that doesn't mean dull, that doesn't mean apathetic, doesn't mean low energy, it doesn't mean indifferent, it doesn't mean unsympathetic, uncompassionate, none of those. It just means even-minded, which is that when things come to me, I, I respond to them, I don't peak and valley. I don't say, oh no, what are we going to do about that? Or, oh, that's just the best, that's what's going to happen. Oh, just so terrible. We're just peaking and valleying all the time. If we're even-minded, it's like, wow, that's wonderful. I'm so glad that you were able to do that. Or, I'm so glad that worked out. But still, we're, we're just on a more or less even keel, completely committed, completely participating, but we're not allowing the events of our life to throw us from one end of the spectrum to the other. And cheerful just means that we stay positive. You know, cheerful is not wildly, ecstatically happy, nor is it in the throes of despair. Cheerful is just positive, upbeat, optimistic. You know, we can handle this. We can do this. <gasps> Ooh, that's going to be hard, but we can do this. I was very amused once. I was uh, with, with a friend, and we were in the car, and the car... Um, the car was was uh, old, and it had been a gift, and there was not much more. There was no more money to buy the buy a new car, so the car was pretty important. 
the car suddenly just stopped working right in the middle of nowhere for no reason. And the, uh, I said, oh, it's something small, it won't be a problem. And the other person said, oh, the car is ruined. <laughs> and I just laughed because we had exactly the same evidence. Neither of us knew anything about the car, absolutely zero. But it was one orientation was to collapse and the other orientation was to be positive. Cheerful is to remain positive, to remain optimistic. Even if the worst thing happens, we're still going to have to go through it. And we're still going to be the time when we're on the other side of it. Even-minded and cheerful. If we can remain even-minded and cheerful, calm acceptance and joy is another pair of words that we use. Calm acceptance, which is just, if this is happening, we have to accept it and we remain calm in it. Maybe that's even easier to understand, calm acceptance. Joy is a deeper quality than just cheerfulness. Joy is the understanding that God is in charge. And if He has sent it to me, He will also give me the means to handle it. Calm acceptance, even-mindedness, cheerful. And then if you can, get all the way to the word joy. Now, this is simple, grounded, daily life. And most people allow their emotions to rule their lives. You get ups- we get upset about someone, we go to bed mad, we wake up mad, we dream mad. The first thing we think of is how annoyed we are or how guilty we feel, how resentful we are, how embarrassed we are about something that just happened. And all of that even-mindedness were just tossed back and forth and back and forth. And if we pay attention to that, we will notice that none of that emotion actually results in productive action. And often that emotion, that willingness to, or that uh, uh, incapacity to resist the, the suction of the emotions, whether they're going to exaggerated elation or exaggerated despair, none of it ever actually results in anything that helps the situation. Usually we have to, we, we either make it much worse and make really have really poor judgment under the influence of these extreme emotions, and then we make bad mistakes that just make difficult situations worse. Or we're paralyzed because the emotions just use up all our energy. We're so exhausted from going up and down and up and down in the in World War II when they first invented the Jeeps. And the Jeeps used to go over rutted roads like this and they would bounce all the time. And every cartoon of a Jeep always had it bouncing up and down. And so then there's the cartoon where it's just driving down a city street and it's still bouncing up and down because that's what it's like. We become that like that with our emotions. Think how much energy it takes to go up and down and up and down and up and down and up and down. And we don't have much energy left to go forward. You see that? And what, what we always need to go do is calmly accept that these are my circumstances and what, I'm, what am I going to do about it now? So Swamiji's continually coming back again and again and again to this question of, of managing our emotions toward harmony and calmness is absolutely fundamental to our happiness in life. And it's, it's exceedingly ironic that in our m- multiple years of education, no matter how fine an education we get, we get approximately zero training in this. We get disciplined when we're small to stay in your seat and stop talking. But nobody ever actually teaches us, or very rarely, actually teaches us 
to understand, to work with, to redirect, to manage our emotions. So we get to be adults and, you know, we get married, we have children of our own, and nobody's ever taught us anything. And we just find ourselves, as I was saying, just constantly sabotaging our work and home relationships. So now Swami gives us a very interesting universal antidote, which is kindness. And he even goes all the way to Jesus and pulls out a meaning in Jesus' words that I hadn't noticed. The storm was raging on the Sea of Galilee and all the disciples were frightened and they woke Jesus up because they were so frightened. And he just looked at the ocean. He said, peace, be still. And the ocean up and down with its waves and its wind, it's a perfect picture of the emotionalism. That's what goes on inside of us, isn't it? Just a storm breaks out. I've experienced it. Everyone's experienced it. We're just going along and something happens and then this storm is suddenly raging. Jesus says, peace, be still. And he uses, Swamiji says here, the universal antidote to the poison of emotions is kindness. Kindness toward ourselves. You know, sometimes the emotions are guilt or, or regret for something we didn't do. Kindness toward ourselves. I, I struggled a lot in my life with um, deep disappointment when I failed to live up to what I thought were my appropriate ideals. Finally, I, I realized that I just had an image of perfection that wasn't me. I had to just finally accept that I'm not that good. And so therefore, I had to be content with a more realistic appraisal of my, my own potential and stop being so shocked every time I made a mistake. But that's a slightly different discussion here. But I had, I, I had a way of being exceedingly hard on myself. So my emotional ups and downs were very often directed toward me, not directed toward anger at others, but directed toward me. Profound disappointment, you know, profound embarrassment, um, terrible guilt, believing that my actions determined everybody's destiny. And so if I made a mistake, everybody's destiny was ruined. A little bit of a <clears throat> exaggerated sense of my own role in the universe. But interestingly, I had and still have, I have a number of friends like this, but that time one in particular. That girl could just do no wrong as far as I was concerned. And she did a lot of wrong. I mean, she was a feisty character, is a feisty character, has a, her own original way of doing things, is very, very given to what I call the preemptive strike. Whenever she would see that someone was, something was about to go wrong, she'd strike first. I mean, it's just, she had a lot of characteristics. She often got herself in a lot of trouble. But somehow I just loved her, I do love her, and just have total faith that no matter how she messes up, it's going to come out right. It just is going to. I know it's going to. So no matter what she would do, when I would hear about it or she would bring it to me, I just it was always fine with me. And then I had this very interesting idea. I said, the next time that I mess up, why don't I pretend it's her instead of me? Because when I impersonalized it and moved it away from myself just that little bit, I could say, yeah, that was kind of a dumb thing. And yeah, it's kind of caused a lot of trouble. And yeah, you're going to have to apologize to a lot of people. But eh, it's like, so what? You know, we all make mistakes. We'll just go on. Had an amazing effect on calming my inner emotional life where I myself was concerned. Because I just suddenly I saw it in perspective. 
And, and the antidote was exactly what Swami said, kindness. I was always very kind to my friend because I knew that's what would help. But to myself, I just acted, I just beat myself up as if I was a, you know, a terrible ta- taskmaster. So I just actually thought, well, I can be nice to myself too. And of course, when we're getting upset with others, you know, the situation, who did what to whom, even the politics or whatever it might be, what's the missing element? Compassion, understanding, kindness. And it has to be added, faith in God. The belief that, you know, there's, there's a divine force that's running this world. We're just the instruments of this. Elsewhere in uh, this book, it, it's, 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 uh, Swamiji quotes Master, thoughts are not individual but universal. We just reflect states of consciousness. We don't create them. How is the best way to relate to all of that kindly? People are suffering. Yes, it's true. We might have to take strong action, but even very strong action, even very stern action can be done with kindness. Think about a surgeon. A surgeon, you know, puts you to sleep and cuts your body up, takes things out and puts things in and ties things in new ways. I mean, it's about as brutal and invasive as you can imagine. But why does the surgeon do it? He does it out of love and compassion for our suffering. So kindness is not necessarily weakness. Kindness is not acquiescence to that which should not, which is, which is not acceptable in a cosmic sense. It must be accepted because it's a circumstance that has to be dealt with. But what you accept does not mean that it's acceptable. But acceptance is the first step to, you've got to admit it's there, and then you can begin to deal with it. But as Swami says here, most of life we can't influence. Mostly we can't change people. Mostly we can't really personally redirect the world. But we can definitely redirect our response to it. And when we redirect our response to the world by kindness, by compassion, even when people are behaving very, very badly, if you believe in the law of karma, or even if you don't, people who behave in an evil way are miserable inside. Just miserable. I mean, to, to, to behave in these unconscionable, bigoted, violent ways, they're miserable inside. They need our compassion. They may need our stern reproof also. But it can be offered with compassion. It, it's very fascinating. Meditate deeply on the concept of kindness and posit it against every disturbance you feel to your own inner consciousness and experiment with how, just as Swami suggests, it's the antidote, the universal antidote to the poison. So if your emotions become upset, drink the antidote to every emotional poison, kindness. Be like Jesus who calmed a storm by commanding the waves, peace, be still, Disturbed emotions can affect the whole body, the digestion, the nervous system, the heart rate, the breath, even one's mental clarity. Is it really worth all that trouble over things you probably couldn't change if you tried to? Joy to you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners. So if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.